everybody, and welcome to Did You Bring Earplugs? It's a podcast about music. I forgot our log line because it's been so <laughs> fucking long. Man, this has been a, a bad luck 2020 for Did You Bring Earplugs, the podcast uh, that you're listening to right now. Um, we, uh, we've had some illnesses. We've had some lost episodes. No deaths, thankfully. but No um, lost people yet. Yet. Mm-hmm. Yet. That's a very good uh, detail. Yet. But we're back with another episode. We are a person down today, unfortunately. Um, Sasha is unable to join because she is also sick. Um, but we are here in her stead. She is with us in spirit. Mm-hmm. And we will still do the thing. Yeah. Uh, oh, I should introduce myself. My name's Julian. My name's Jillian. My name's Michael. And, uh, guys, I wanted to start this episode off with a slightly different thing. Just more of an open topic conversation type thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the other day, Jillian and I saw a movie. (laughs) And uh, I don't really want to talk about the movie that much, but I do want to talk about something that we watched before the movie, which was uh, the trailer for (laughs) an FX television show about the rapper Lil Dicky. (laughs) And uh, we just get, like... A, a straw poll of the room. Just like, how do we feel about Lil Dicky? And if we haven't heard of him or his music, just how do we feel about the name Lil Dicky? Okay, I had not heard of him before seeing that preview at all. Um, then the preview made me interested. Lil Dicky reminds me of Lil Nicky. <laughs> the Adam Sandler uh, movie. Uh-huh. Um, uh, sorry, the Adam Sandler film film yeah um my apologies i am innate please don't um, diminish the oeuvre of <laughs> yeah. mr adam sandler mm-hmm. i'd barely call it a film but yeah sure reach for it julian <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and then julian did some deep digging so hmm. the deep digging was the movie uh was originally called Little Richard, <laughs> but that name was taken. Um, In under copyright. It was a long, protracted <laughs> lawsuit from a British gen who made that movie 20-odd years ago. So. Yeah. Poor little Dickie. Yeah. Well, Mike with I the mean, insight. poor little Richard. <laughs> uh, Mike, have you, are you familiar with the work of the littlest Dickie? <laughs> no, I am not. Um, uh, I've heard. I've heard things. So he's a very... Jewish young man who makes rap music, um, like Modest Yahoo. No, 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 not not that Jewish. No, <laughs> no Orthodox edge. No, sounds boring. No curly side. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, more 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 Jewish in a in a contemporary uh, cultural sense. Hmm. Um, but uh, I. It feels weird that in 2020 we are making room for a guy who it really just seems like his whole shtick revolves around his crotch area. Mm. Um, he also made a song with Chris Brown, which is like a, 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 a you know a, 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 a check mark in the negative column. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. And then I don't know. He he his whole steez is this like. I'm neurotic and like a just like a regular guy who happens to rap, but then he still trades in the same kind of imagery and like macho bravado that. So like a Jewish uh, Eminem, is that what you're saying? Uh, not not from Detroit though. Not no, not like Eminem. More no. more introspective than that, but um, I don't know. More I, neurotic. 
Definitely more neurotic. Okay. Um, like in, like an Eminem for the uh, I'm in my feelings generation, mm-hmm. mm. in that he's not like Eminem at all. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I should I give him a listen? Is that why we're talking about it? If you him, want or? to, it was just it was such like a letdown from this like very kind of electrifying trailer that yeah. we watched, mm-hmm. and then getting into his actual body of work and music, I was like, man, this is not. I'm feeling less enthusiastic about it. I can't believe you even remembered to look it up post-film. Um, you know what? It, I, I've been watching some FX shows on Hulu. Okay. And I've been, yeah, so it's I been see. floating around in my brain. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, we're not here to talk about Lil Dicky today as much as we want to. Um, today, we're here to talk about our favorite covers. Um, not like lids or, you know, a chapeau, a hat. Mm-hmm. A, a gorra, if if you want to get bilingual with it, but covers as in um, versions of pre-existing songs recorded by other non-people who made those songs. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Never really thought about it that way, did you? No, I, I did not. <laughs> anyway, um, guys, what do you like in a cover? Here's the thing. I told my parents that I was doing this podcast today. My mom promptly recommended a song that was performed by and written by the actual artist that <laughs> played and sang that song. <laughs> she didn't understand what a cover was. What did she think it was? I don't know. <laughs> I don't bless know. your heart. Can bless her for it. Uh-huh. Um, what, it, what was the song that she recommended, please? <laughs> I'm trying to remember that one, and I wish I could, but I knew exactly, like, when she said it, I was like, that was that song is, is by that artist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then she's like, well, what is it? And my dad had to explain it to her over the phone on speakerphone, and then she promptly recommended um, a cover of The Sound of Silence by Disturbed from a 2015 album. Wow. That's is your real mom a big Disturbed fan? right there. <laughs> no. Would you She's say not. would you say that your mom is down with the sickness? Was that disturbed? I don't think it's is it just no the di- no. no no I think you're right. Is it I disturbed? Think that that is I think yeah. so. I hope so. <laughs> um, wow. I'm not gonna look it up. Nope. nope. Not gonna go that far into it. But uh, yeah, and then they made me listen to part of that song through speakerphone while my dad oh, played the, it. The only way the only quality. way to listen to that song. <laughs> Parents love potato quality. I noticed <laughs> this before. Then she said he played Kimmel as if it was recent. And when I looked, they sent me the link on Spotify. It oh, wasn't recent. Seven years he, ago. He has in Disturbed. Like the, him performing that cover. The 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 Johnny Disturbed. Are mm-hmm. you talking about? Yeah. Okay. Oh, you looked at me as if you knew like that you had seen that performance. I, I more just found it funny that that your parents referred to the band Disturbed as mm-hmm. he. Yeah. Is the singular entity of he. Yeah. I did not watch the, the video, uh, but it could be a solo performance. Who even knows? Uh, but that's my parents' recommendation. And if you're a big Disturbed fan and want a flashback to 2015, So Mi- Mr. and Mrs. Van Overbeck uh, recommend <laughs> the cover of Sound of Silence by Disturbed. Yeah. <laughs> Sound of Silence, is, I feel like, is a song that uh, uh, non-folk, specifically like metal, hardcore bands, cover a lot. Yeah, my mom tried to understand the the genre of rock, uh. <laughs> to which I said, "Industrial?" Question mark. And she was, mm hmm, uh. as if she had known. She's so, a connoisseur. <laughs> all right. Yeah, don't sell your mom short here. So I, I could be wrong. 
everything could be wrong, but I mean, who knows? Maybe your folks are very up on their alt rock, new metal. They're hip to it. Yeah. Well, yeah. well <laughs> hip hip to the music that was popular in like the Five, late '90s, early 2000s. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Yeah. They big uh, pod heads. Oh yeah. yeah. Stained. Stained. <laughs> They're here for Creed too. Oh, okay. oh boy. Okay. I'm just kidding. Anyway, no. um, this is a no Creed podcast. <laughs> Michael, Creed I nominate one. you to tell us first about your favorite cover song. So mine and hands down, no argument here from anybody, is the best cover ever created. So, so Michael's in not the telling us about music. his favorite. He's telling us about the unequivocal best cover in yeah. the history of <laughs> yeah. music and people in the earth. Uh, is All Along the Watchtower, uh, the cover that Jimi Hendrix plays. <laughs> Be some kind of way out of here. Say the joker to the thief. There's too much confusion. I can't get no relief. Businessman, there. Um, from Bob Marley's initial version. Um, the song wasn't out for very long when he decided to cover it. Is it Marley um, or Dylan? Bob Dylan. You said Marley. No, I said Dylan. No, you said Bob Marley. Oh, well, my apologies, Bob <laughs> Dylan. So, Jimi Hendrix was a huge Bob Dylan fan. Gotcha. Um, mm. Listened to his music all the time. I guess his um, producer would give him like fresh new music that wasn't even released yet from Dylan mm. um, on the regular. Um, so he would have stuff that nobody had heard yet cool. that he would wow. listen to. Um, he did a lot of covers, actually. But I think um, Jimmy was. Um, first kind of talent scouted um, after playing a couple Bob Dylan covers, mm. like, while outperforming. Um, but anyways, his version, in my opinion, is far superior to Bob Dylan's in every way. The only, say that I, the only way that I would say that it's not is just that the song's a lot longer. He added an extra 90 seconds to the song just so he <laughs> could play. Audacity. So <laughs> the song's really short. It's only two and a half minutes. So he added a whole 90 seconds, which that's a lot to a mm. two and a half minute song, just so he could add more guitar solos, essentially. Mm. It's a Hendrix song. It has to have a guitar solo. Would you say that's the, the key difference is uh, it's it's like a jammier, it's like noodlier with the with the solos? Yes. Yeah, but it's built upon in like every way. Like the bass really isn't that pronounced in Bob Dylan's initial version mm -hmm. and uh, Hendrix and his bassist had a huge fight while recording the song mm -hmm. um, just trying to come up with like their own version that really was there to be supportive of Jimmy's guitar solos. Right, so, yeah. Um, it, and it wasn't really... Uh, why the bassist in him fought was because of Jimmy improvising so much. It was more so that uh, his bassist didn't even like the song that much. He like the original? Thought, yeah, he mm -hmm. thought that you know there were far better Bob Dylan songs to cover, so they had arguments. And he had walked out. I guess it took like 27 takes um, for them to get everything down, minus the electric guitar and Jimmy's vocals. Wow. So, so I've never recorded an album before. Is 27 album. takes a lot? It feels like a lot. I mean, for I Jimi know, Hendrix for and Hendrix. the natural talent of his band, I would say that's a ton of takes. Yeah. They probably, yeah. they could probably nail, so you know, covers in like a dozen takes. I feel mm -hmm. like, but okay, I know this probably didn't happen, but do you think when 
the argument between Jimi Hendrix and his bassist came to a head, they battled with guitars like they were swords. Absolutely not for me. Sadly, no, but I would like to envision that. I'm going to say it happened. Yeah. History is in the hands of the peop- winners or whatever. It's in the uh, eyes of the beholder. History is in, is in the eye of the beholder. It's literally up to anyone in their own bifocals what they think happened. <laughs> I just noticed that you're wearing bifocals. But what I, if I you have astigmatism and then you see four visions of the reality? It's actually a separate there. podcast that I'm on called My Vision for Your Vision. It drops mm. on Tuesdays. So nice. Mm. Cover that then. Cool. Yeah. yeah, take a listen. My Vision for Your Vision featuring mm-hmm. Jillian. A yeah. bifocal quest. Yeah. Yeah, where she sees dimensions that were not meant for human eyes. Is that true? Nice. Um, did you hear the Jimi Hendrix version first or the Bob Dylan version Ooh. first? Probably the Hendrix version first. I didn't really get into Dylan until later. So. And that's an interesting thing. When you hear a cover before you hear the original, it kind of skews everything. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that's just how you think the song goes. Yeah. And you love that version. No one's ever going to cover a song like identical to what the original is because yeah. then it's just like a fun thing to do, which is cool still. But like every artist tries to make a cover of their own. But again, once you hear a cover and then go back, it's, it's the original a in your mind. Thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And Dylan's version is so much dialed back. Yeah, I mean, Hendrix has driving bass, driving guitars, mm-hmm. better vocals, an amazing vocal range in this song. Um, and Dylan's is just a really laid back folk rock. Mm. Yeah. version. It's a beautiful song, don't get mm-hmm. me wrong, but I, I like Jimmy's in every way. Well, I like how casual you, casual you are with Jimi Hendrix. You're just like, Jimmy, you know, Jimmy. my old pal Jimmy. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. Do we think Jimi Hendrix was an, was an asshole, though? Like, he was pr- like probably like a yeah. hard person to, to work with? Mm, I saw Across the Universe, so I'm pretty sure he was a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say, I and I feel like... <laughs> I feel like a lot of our dynamic is you bringing movies that you love and me shitting on them, but I <laughs> fucking hated that movie. <laughs> okay, like vividly remember, there's that scene where the main characters are having dinner with like some adults or whatever, and someone asks one of the characters what they do, and he gets on this fucking soapbox and he's like, "Do do, we're always talking about what do you do? Can't we just be?" And I was like, "This fucking movie sucks, and I hate it." <laughs> it's also like. The Beatles' music is already so, like, f- like friendly, like listener friendly, mm-hmm. and then when you put the gloss of uh, like the gloss and kind of like hedging of the of like applying it to a musical, a mm-hmm. movie musical, mm-hmm. it becomes even more antiseptic. Yeah. Like, <laughs> did you like that movie? No, I mean, <laughs> I have no feeling like for <laughs> or against it, but you shit on me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Every chance I get. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Look, we both didn't like um, Downhill. Downhill. <laughs> Julian just really does not like that director. I think that's what it is. Yeah. He yeah. makes a lot of tween movies, right? Mm. I, I, I don't actually know who directed it. But, hmm. yeah. yeah. I don't either. Anyway. Um, Julian, yeah. on that note, uh-huh. do you want to tell us about your favorite cover? Yeah. I will immediately shit on it. I've got a couple. <laughs> so strap in, folks. Um, okay. Well, I want I want to start with something that Mike reminded me of, which is when you hear the cover before you hear the original. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happened to me when I moved here a few years ago. Um, I was getting into the band Girl Pool, and there was a song that they sang called Cut Your Bangs that I thought was just beautiful and so well done, and I was so impressed. You're 
seeing like girl pool cut your bangs in parentheses radiator hospital cover and i was like who's radiator hospital uh-huh. and so i went and listened to the original which was so different than um girl pools and then i fell into the whole discography of radiator hospital and now they're one of my favorite bands so that's a success story of a cover do you still prefer the girl pool version oh god that's tough so for a long time, I did, and I couldn't even appreciate the Radiator Hospital mm-hmm. version because it, it just sounds so brash compared to the Girl Pool cover. Um, but now that I love Radiator Hospital, even love their discography more than Girl Pools, I still, I don't know. I, I like their version of it. I think they're kind of equals in my eyes now. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a nostalgia, though. Yes. You get a lot of bonus points for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, <laughs> oh, God. Um, my second one would be Bastards of Young, which is a replacement song covered by Against Me. people hate it (laughs) like um you can't really find it on spotify it's only on youtube now i'm pretty sure it was a compilation album of covers of like the replacements greatest hits or Mm -hmm. something like that and a bunch of punk bands like each picked a song to cover um bastards of young is just like such a like a life lesson packed into a song played by two really good bands so like i think my favorite band against me playing that meant a lot to me um and it's just like perfect. Why do people hate the cover? Um, well, there's like purists around any kind of, sure. you know, a lot, um, a lot of I feel like diehard replacements fans. Huge, you know, um, and I think against me went a little too mainstream for them. Mm. But the, I think Green Day did a song on that compilation too. Like, like get off, you know. Yeah. Um, let them be. But I think they think it's too, too boppy or something like that but the song is already upbeat so i don't i don't understand what the issue is um i feel like sometimes there is just the automatic uh, rejection of a different version of a song yeah yeah and i think that's obviously one of their biggest hits so yeah they're really critical of it but i love it i listen to it a million times and a few times here i'll remember to listen to it and it just gets back in the rotation um and my last one 
I'm bringing up the band Why a couple weeks in a row, but mm -hmm. you won't know that because we lost that episode. <laughs> um, it's and it's been eight years since we released one. <laughs> yep, it's the song Close to Me by The Cure covered by oh, nice. Why. I heard cool. this cover so long ago. I don't even like, I kind of want to see on YouTube when it was even uploaded. I'm trying to imagine. 10 years how ago. Even, oh, yeah. Oh, we were so young. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to imagine how that cover would even go, and I'm having a hard time. Oh, it's imagining. so depressing. It's so beautiful and depressing. It's like in, in my most depressive states, like I will just listen to that cover and let myself be a sad sack of shit. Like <laughs> it's the only one that like gives me the permission to, and there's like glimmers of hope within it, but it's just such a, it's almost ambient, but not, not too, I don't know. I can't even find the words to describe it. It's just so well done. It's so different. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know how they created it. That's pretty cool because Why to me strikes me as one of those bands that has such a, you know, for for better or worse, for whatever type of returns, has a very distinct aesthetic and sound. Mm -hmm. And so the mere act of playing a song by that by that person or that band yeah. feels like it would be automatically reinterpretive. Whereas against me covering the replacements like they they sort of travel in the same yeah. genre circles it's true um that's really cool yeah I, i'm i'm dying here i can't wait for you to hear it. you literally feel it in your whole body like it's just <laughs> like i don't know it's so crazy and like whatever you're feeling just really goes into that song it just fits everything fits so well into it they do a really good job so yeah again you can't find it on spotify it's only on youtube yeah and it was <laughs> Uploaded in 2010, so good luck. Uh, now, I, I'm not super familiar with The Cure. I, 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 I've i definitely heard that song, but is the content of the lyrics... It, it's optimistic, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, no. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's about being depressed for the most part. Oh, okay. Yeah, just like feeling sad all day and wishing the night would come and feeling like the night was going to be forever away. And mm. there's like a little bit of hope at the end of it, but... But I guess that is kind of the curious thing of like sort of a poppy, upbeat. Yeah, melody. it is very like their version is very poppy and upbeat. Yeah. So it's kind of like I can't remember the other song that people normally mm -hmm. reference that to. Um, but if you didn't listen to the lyrics, you'd be like, oh, this is a happy song, yeah. <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. Cure cool. was covered a lot too. Like Mad World was covered by uh, Jewel, uh, what's his name? Gary Jules. Gary Jules. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Donnie Darko. Yeah. That's a great version, too. That's, uh, that's a Tears for Fears song. Oh, shit. That's right. Why do I mix yeah. those two up? Close <laughs> enough. Close enough. Um, nice. Yeah. It's a good, good picks. Thank you. I forgot the other two already, but uh, can't wait to listen back to this and remember them. Perfect. Um, Love that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the song that I'm picking is a cover of the Talking Heads song, Road to Nowhere, by Hamilton Lighthouser. Taking a ride to nowhere 
This is a song that I did not know existed until uh, we were kind of talking about this topic, and I didn't go searching for it, but I had the desire to listen to Road to Nowhere, and so I Googled it in Spotify, and just out of the corner of my eye, and like one of the little results at the bottom of the page, it was like Hamilton Lighthouse, and I was like, what am this? Wonderful cover. Um, it was recorded by Hamilton Lighthouser a few years ago for this Amazon compilation called Open Road, which is a bunch of covers um, of songs that either like reference the road or like travel, mm -hmm. but meant to be listened to on a road trip. Um, pretty uniformly disappointing, the whole album, <laughs> the whole covers album, the whole compilation, with the exception of this cover of Road to Nowhere. Um, so if you're unfamiliar with the original, it's sort of a, kind of a marching rhythm. Um, and it's, uh, in Talking Heads fashion, very eclectic. Mm -hmm. It starts out with this kind of choral um, thing that segues into the actual song. Um, I did a bit of reading, and uh, funnily enough, um, that part of the, that chorus that opens the song was... Uh, by David o David Byrne's own assertion, tacked on because he felt the song wasn't complete enough. Mm. Um, and uh, this cover by Hamilton Lighthouser does what I think really covers should do, which is reinterpret the song and make it fit in, in an aesthetic. So it changes the sort of marching, driving rhythm into this sort of bluesy, drunken piano swagger. Mm. Um, so instead of starting off with this very like... Uh, percussion Bright, heavy loud um you know choral line it starts off with like a very it, 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 it honestly feels like hamilton lighthouser was in a bar that happened to have a piano and was like i feel like playing road to nowhere it sauntered up to the piano and just started kind of plinking it out and it builds from there um but he reinterprets it so much that instead of sticking to the structure of the song he actually he'll like he'll take the first half of the verse and then couple that with a, a passage from the bridge, and mm -hmm. he does that a couple of times. So he completely mm -hmm. reorganizes the song, really, really makes it his own. Um, and it's, I mean, Hamilton Lighthouser is is like a very recognizable vocalist, and I feel mm -hmm. like that's where a lot of the strength of his songs come from. Um, and I think like his his delivery, his sort of like almost desperate like shouting really uh captures a quality of the song that isn't present in the david Bur uh, the, the talking heads version which is very controlled you know david Byrne, i think is a noted perfectionist mm -hmm. and everything is very neat and and very well arranged and there's some there's something admirable about that but um i don't know i i find i have more of an emotional connection to the hamilton lighthouser cover um yeah and i i you wouldn't know this listening to the Walkman or his his solo albums, but apparently Hamilton Lighthouser was like a huge Talking Heads fan and tried for years and years and years to mimic the style of that band uh, by his own assertion, very unsuccessfully. Mm -hmm. um, but it, yeah, it's just interesting. I, I never would have expected him to say like, "Oh yeah, I'm really influenced by Talking Heads." Because well, <laughs> you don't yeah, hear it. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, right. You don't hear it at all. Um, like the great part about artists though is they all have these eclectic mixes that influence them yeah. and how they produce music but yeah sometimes it's completely unapparent yeah yeah and, and, and i think it's you know it's you're, you're taking thousands of small pieces to form a cohesive whole and that cohesive whole might not be automatically representative of of the you know the influences that they're taking from mm-hmm yeah. 
We've seen a lot of uh, David Byrne this year. Yeah. He was just on SNL last night. Yeah, I really oh, nice. I'm going to watch those it's clips awesome. later today. Yeah. We got to see him job. live mm -hmm. next time yeah. he's here. And then he was in John Mulaney's Sack Lunch Bunch mm -hmm. special. Mm -hmm. And there, uh, Spike Jones is releasing a film version of what is his stage play? American Dream or something like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, so if you can't afford to go to Broadway, which none of us can, um, right. we'll be able to see it on the on the silver screen, which mm -hmm. I'm really looking forward to because it's supposed to be a really great show. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. All right. Pop quiz, guys. Least favorite covers. Ooh. Any any of those pop pop into your head? That one uh, Jillian's mom said for obvious reasons. Um. Oh, oh wait, wait. Can I um just quickly reference Sasha's? Sure. Yeah. In, in memoriam. Mm. Yeah. In absentia. Uh, in memoriam. She's not <laughs> dead. <laughs> in absentia. You don't know that yet. Holy um, shit. So <laughs> Sasha's favorite covers that she's been listening to recently. Uh, is Julia Jacklin's version of Someday by The Strokes. Oh, uh, oh I bet that's really good. Hosier's version of uh, Say My Name by Destiny's Child. Unsurprisingly. Or his cover of Do I Want to Know by Arctic Monkeys. I got a little sexually aroused when you said uh, s the cover of Say My Name by Hosier, because that just sounds like a very sexy song. <clears throat> mm -hmm. It is, yeah. And then the last one is uh, the Staves cover of Chicago by mm. Sufjan Stevens. Mm. I haven't heard that one. I just Good listened picks. to Chicago the other day. Wow. Now, I love that cover, too. I, I'm not sure if it was the cover of, did you say Someday? The mm -hmm. Julia Jacklin cover? I think that's the one I heard recently, but I, I, I had heard of... Julia Jacqueline, who like I feel, it feels silly saying her name, the alliterative name, and like I don't I don't want to say it, um, <laughs> but it was really good, and that that got actually got me listening to her. Um, that was like my my entry to her. Yeah, yeah, I just started listening to her a few months ago too, after a bunch of people recommending her to me. Yeah, and just probably picking the wrong songs to listen to first. You know, it, it is difficult though because mm -hmm. there are so many. <laughs> this is gonna get a little judgmental. There are so many white women who perform under their white woman names mm -hmm. that it, it's be, it feels like the market is becoming a bit saturated yeah. and it, it is hard to distinguish sometimes between them especially the ones that sort of exist in this very like ethereal singer songwriter realm right. that aren't so hitched to like a genre um so yeah she was an unfortunate byproduct of that of like oh well, here's another one but yeah i i, I like her style mm -hmm. yeah yeah um if i may two least favorite covers uh <laughs> Weezer's cover of uh, Africa by Toto. Yeah, um, yeah that one's it. bomb. It, it was literally, it, to me, from an, you know, uh, not really a Weezer fan, but like I was into the Blue Album and, mm -hmm. and Pinkerton as we all were in high school. Um, it was it was watching a band go so far up its own ass that it almost blipped out of existence. <laughs> and I like, I people were so fucking gaga over this cover. And I was like, do we recognize that this is just, meme rock that the, this is like this is basically a stunt it is totally void of artistic value um my other least favorite one is the cover of skinny love by birdie yeah i hate that where she got so popular off of the song that oh. it was not at all hers and it was such a straight ahead cover that literally added nothing nothing mm. to the song yeah um and if you're gonna come for bon Iver, like such a and especially such an iconic song you're mm -hmm. gonna have to do something really special with it for real. And I, I felt like for a year I was hearing it everywhere. Yeah. I remember her getting really popular off of that too. And I listened to it and said, 
Why? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. What about this is good? I mean, it's like, yeah, it's, it's like this is an inherently good song, so mm-hmm. it sounds good, but it's it's such a soulless cover. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right, folks. Um, every week we like to uh, sit you down, put our hand on your shoulder, and say, hey, we've got some songs that we think you'll like. And this is a segment called Songs of the, the Week. week. Uh, going in reverse order, I will start us off. Um, 2020 has been a tumultuous year, to say the least. Yeah. A um, couple bad luck strings. Uh, you know, some things are happening. But what do we look for in music other than a little bit of hope, a little bit of sympathy, a little bit of empathy? Mm-hmm. And uh, someone who's really been helping me get through some, some tough times is um, Katie Crutchfield of the band Waxahachie, mm-hmm. who uh, released a couple singles from her forthcoming album that I cannot stop listening to. Um Waxahachie is a band that I've listened to for a while, but not with any real intensity. Um, but in listening to her two new songs, uh, Lilacs and Fire, um, I've started exploring her discography a little bit more in depth and found that she's just a really solid, consistent songwriter who I think this may be her best album yet if mm. you know the consistency is carried through with the, the rest of the album. Um, it's interesting aging with an artist and sort of finding parallels between you know the things that they sing about and the things mm-hmm. that you experience in your life and uh, the song Lilacs she talks about the passage of time and becoming wiser and but you know not necessarily um, not making mistakes anymore but uh, just you know kind of carrying through and just remaining resilient work my way through the day I run it like a silent movie I run it like a violent song I run it like a voice compelling so right, it can't be wrong. I'm a broken record, it in the dustbin. I fill myself back up like I used to do. And if my bones are made of delicate sugar, I won't end up anywhere good without you. Um, and there's something... Waxhatchee's music doesn't hit 100% of the time for me in terms of, like, the production or the melody or what have you but i find her voice so extremely comforting that mm-hmm. it sort of glosses over what i feel are the other shortcomings of of that band's output um and fire just uh, both fire and lilacs contain maybe some of the, the best vocal performances that she's ever given mm-hmm. um, she's also become an extremely good lyricist mm-hmm. um to the there are some lyrics that are very sort of not obvious but are are clearly trying to get across a point but then every once in a while there are a couple things here and there that uh are maybe just there because they sound beautiful but they really encourage sort of dissection um and it's just it's it's fun to be able to appreciate uh uh, songs on an aesthetic level but then also be able to dig in a little bit yeah um so yeah so that's uh the songs lilacs and fire by waxahachie i'm excited for that album oh sorry uh i've (laughs) I collected a couple YouTube comments from some of the videos uh, for for these songs that um, if you were to think like, oh, YouTube comments, probably pretty, not a world you'd want to explore, right? Oh, there's some good stuff in there. So um, for, for the video for Lilacs, uh, one user, Nashuri, said, like a Bob Dylan, like, smiley emoji. Um, to which Anna T responded, "Not in the slightest. I'd rather compare her to some Avril Lavigne version, which I don't know 
how that <laughs> sentence makes any sense. Um, and then for uh, uh, per, uh, for the music video for Fire, uh, Jagadi Padriak, aka DJ Toronto. That's that's, that's T O yeah. space yeah. Ronto. DJ T says in the hizzle <laughs> says this is mostly caps. Wow! But instead of an O, it's the fire emoji. Triple exclamation point. Heart. Note sign, already a timeless classic. Down arrow, no. I don't know what that symbol is. The top emoji, fire emoji, and then three fist emojis. So there's just a lot of feelings going on with uh, DJ Toronto. But, you know, if if, uh, if I saw that username and someone was like, hey, do you think this uh, DJ Toronto is going to comment on a Waxahachie song? I'd say, probably not. But, you know, we all contain multitudes, as does DJ Toronto. And he gives it three fist bumps up. Three fist so. bumps up, yep. Cool. Uh, Jillian, what do you got for us this week? Ooh. Um, well, I was originally going to come in hot with a band I've been listening to a lot lately called Your Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then my favorite artist, mm-hmm. Phoebe Bridgers, came out with a new song. And I got to recommend that. It's That's Garden Song by Phoebe Bridgers. Someday I'm going to live in your house up on the hill. And when your skinhead neighbor goes missing I'll plant a garden in the yard Then they're gluing roses on a flatbed You should see It's so perfect. We've been waiting for something from LP2. Um, She's done two notable projects since her first LP, Boy Genius and Better Oblivion. And it felt like it was going to be forever till we got a second solo mm-hmm. album from her. Um, but here we are. She just leaked out the first one. So the song is sublime. It's, it's so good. It, yeah. it, it, it feels a little slight, but in just that it doesn't have movements really. It just, it's very constant. Yeah. And, and builds like a ripple slightly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's like, it doesn't really follow a very traditional verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge. Well, that's, um, we're finding out she does that. Like yeah. with me and my dog and Boy Genius, it doesn't have a chorus. Yeah. It's not a normal song structure at all. It feels like it, it feels like you're a little drunk and you're floating on like a, a slow moving like river. river. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it is very constant, that, like a little a really babbling brook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really beautiful song, and and I think she's uh, she's always been a very clever lyricist. Yeah, but um, I like how the interplay between this sort of like um, tongue in cheek. Um, references to her own life and more meditative stuff. Yeah. Yeah. She writes things sometimes where I'm like, God, that sounds so genius in your voice. But if I ever wrote that down <laughs> yeah. in an attempt to write a song, I would hide it away from the world forever. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. there's that sounds stupid. No way. <laughs> but yeah. she's so great. Like, she's a great lyricist. She's a great musician. She has a great voice, and she actively hides it sometimes, I think. Yeah. Um, she just picks and chooses when she wants to unleash it. So um, I have high hopes for LP2. Very, very excited about Garden Song, if that's the direction that album is going to go in. Yeah. It feels like it's even going to make more sense in the context of the album. How about that low end on it, too? That oh, voice, it sounds like Matt Furniture. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't it? Yeah. But I don't think it is. I think it's just like one of our bandmates yeah. with the tone turned all the way down. But really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Did you see the video for it? I did. Oh no, I haven't. Yet. It's oh, very stony. It's it very. It literally <laughs> opens with her taking a huge bong rip. Huge. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. I support that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's a it's an unassuming video. I think it's very consistent with the song. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it goes some places. 
I read on a, a caption, I don't know if this is true, but she's mentioned in live shows before that she hates smoking weed. And she also mentions that in a different song. I'm blanking on it right now, and I'll kick myself for it mm. later. Um, but she said in on the release day of this song that she asked her brother to get her so stoned that she'd be scared for that video. <laughs> oh, so she was really... It's literally in her brother's room, I think, wow. or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. Yeah. No, it's it's a great single, and uh, I am also very excited about LP2. Yeah. So. Mike, cool. your song... Yeah, I was just gonna. I was just gonna say, yeah, that uh, new single got me listening to her discography this week. It's yeah. oh, that song mm-hmm. is so good, isn't it? Oh, yeah, I gotta check out the music video. Mm-hmm. Now, so um, that segues into my pick for song for the week, which is "Bad Decisions" by The Strokes. Mm-hmm. video that's uh like 80s style animation Ooh. reminds me of like the animation from the dr- i think it's dragon's lair old school video oh, yeah. game you know the 80s themed art that's uh like frank frazetta inspired fantasy work but um mm. the music video has a huge sci-fi twist to it as well mm. and it has like two or three interarching uh character storylines driven through the music video i don't want to like give too much away during the music video if you hit the wrong button prompt you get a game over that would be cool though like a pick your own style or like dragon music Quest. video mm-hmm. didn't you ever like, play dragon's quest in the arcades it felt like no, the biggest fucking I've, ripoff I in the world s- i saw it a million times i think i played an emulator for it at uh, one point or it was like ported to super nes i think yeah or something. it's a really difficult game yeah. like most mm-hmm. arcade games back then were like stupidly hard just to suck quarters out of exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 i i've never been the biggest strokes fan i'm definitely like <laughs> Uh, I, I like you know the first two albums more than pretty much every all of their other stuff, but I, I really like their new songs. Yeah, yeah, um, really heavy lyrics. Um, it's a little slowed down compared to their old stuff, mm-hmm. but yeah. uh, I think yeah, it's really well thought out, really well composed, and I think I'm really looking forward to the new album. I think it's gonna be great. Yeah, yeah. I think it'll be good too. Yeah, nice, cool. Well, we did it, guys. I think we made it all the way through an episode without any huge fuck-ups. Fingers crossed. Um, <laughs> thank you f- so much for listening, folks. Uh, number one thing we would like to ask of you is rate us on iTunes. It's the only way we're going to pick up listeners. Um, we would like to st- thank Josh Stanley of the band Modaf for our theme song. You can find out more about them at modaf.bandcamp.com. That's M-O-D-A-F-F.bandcamp.com. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram at dybepod and send us an email at dybepod at gmail.com. Um, tell us about your favorite covers. Tell a bus. Uh, tell tell a bus about your least favorite covers. Just tell hop on the bus. You say, "Howdy, driver. This is my least favorite cover," and he'll say, "Sir, please get off the bus." That's too fifty. Yeah. <laughs> um, guys, any any parting words you'd like to leave our listeners with? No. No. 
go Just do it. Go listen to Phoebe Think Bridgers. Different. When you hear your family. <laughs> <laughs> like to buy the world of coke all right folks well we will see you in another two weeks with another episode of did you bring earplugs and for now i've been julian suga julian van overbeck michael (laughs) (laughs) we'll never get all this last name no anyway bye. bye bye